Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today with your ears on the Flophouse. This mm-hmm. is the Flophouse podcast. My name, of course, is Elliot Kalen. I say, of course, because my voice has become legendary in its <laughs> shrillness and unpleasantness <laughs> to our legions of Flophouse listeners. I want to also apologize before I introduce my co-host. I'm recording in my in-laws' garage, so you may hear their heater turn on and off at various points during the episode. Just a little bit of audio texture. Let's consider it kind of real-life just scene setting uh, as if this was being recorded outside and you could hear birds chirping, except it's the heater turning on and off. I'm joined, of course, by my regular co-hosts. They're with us every week in and uh-huh. out at the Flophouse. One of them is me, Dan McCoy, and I will say, as I always do, my ears are with you. <laughs> Sure. Uh, you always Classic say that. Uh, it's gotten to the point that I'm sick of hearing it. Uh, and I am Stuart Wellington, and I'm very excited because Elliot is getting into the spirit of the season, the reason for the year. That's right. He is hanging out in a <laughs> the garage. The reason for the whole year? The reason for the whole, the whole year. The whole year is for Elliot to get bundled up in a garage uh, mm-hmm. where he is colder than I am because normally he's much hotter yeah. than I am. Yes. Well, I mean, physically, Stuart is much hotter than I am, but temperature I'm incendiary. It's true. Yeah, since I live in, don't Dan, you don't need to talk about how much less attractive what? I am. Than no, 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 that's Stuart. not we what I was it. Gonna, we established it, but usually I'm in California. The, He's in New York, so usually my winter temperatures, if they get into the low 60s, then I'm like, ooh, got to bundle up. Oh, yeah, time to put on a second cocoa. pair of cargo shorts. <laughs> I better put on a second coat of sunblock because it's so cold out. Um, but no, it's the other way around this time. Okay, everybody. No, it's normally solved, in the flop. It, no, it did solve a, as what I was trying to say. Not anything about your attractiveness vis-a-vis one another. I was trying to say that it did solve a Zoom mystery where I was like, it looks like Ellie's in a different garage. But you know what? Most garages look pretty much like one another, and the garage is usually dark. Perhaps that's the same garage. But the fact that you're in what appears to be a different garage and is indeed a different garage and wearing a puffy jacket, which you're not wearing when you're in L.A., tells me, of course, he's with the in-laws in more northern California than he normally is. I'm glad, and- Dan, that you could take us through that Sherlockian uh, <laughs> chain of deduction. Yeah. It was as, it was as relevant to the himself. listeners as it was exciting. <laughs> yeah. right? Columbo McCoy over here. I, the, uh- I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize Hercule Dan Rowe had shown up to this Flophouse Mini. <laughs> Yeah. Dan didn't even point out the the reoccurring part of Elliot's garages is that they all have studio lighting, clearly. <laughs> they have oh, a single, yeah. like, bare bulb above <laughs> and oh, behind his head. I mean, it is, it is a garage. Yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry that in a car full of luggage and Hanukkah presents, I didn't also pack my ring light. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, it doesn't need to look like you're being, you know, having your fingernails ripped out one by one by yeah, someone exactly. just off screen. Once Elliot starts investing in eye cream, face cream, (laughs) body cream, all the creams. All the creams. Then you really are going to want to make sure you have that ring light on you, buddy. Hey, there's only one cream we're going to be talking about today, and that's Cream Smiths. That's right. The holiday of the year. I may have pronounced it wrong. Normally on the Flophouse, we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. This is one of our mini episodes on the alternate weeks. We just do whatever we feel like because it's a free country for the time being for certain people at certain economic and also racial, you know, levels. And You're so- quoting the movie The Patriot, right? <laughs> 
I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> the Patriot goes, it's a free country for the time being. And people are like, well, no, it's not a free country yet. We're, we're still subjects mm-hmm. of the royal crown. Mm-hmm. And he goes, but historically in context, we're actually freer than most colonial subjects in the world over. And in some ways have more say in our local governments than actual British mm-hmm. citizens in the United Kingdom. And then people are like, can we just get to the part where so, you're mad at your son and you're waiting down you, metal and, figurines to make bullets? <laughs> you're arguing on behalf of the, the crown in this situation? Like, I mean, as a character, I assume, but uh, as played by Tom Wilkinson, yeah. <laughs> yes, for everyone who's seen The Patriot, you may have forgotten that the crown comes to life and goes to <laughs> America to engage in a debate. He he morphs into Tom Wilkinson, and then when Mel Gibson yeah. defeats him in the debate, he turns back into a crown, going no, <laughs> yeah, double King morph, me. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is a mini, and guess what? We've talked about it. It's Cream Smith time, and that's the time when people have. The same debate about Christmas movies. You may hear it. There's that heater that went on. They have the same debate about Christmas movies that we have every year because Christmas is about nothing if it's not about having the same arguments year after year after year with the same people. So Christmas movies, let's just do a quick primer on them. They're movies that are some way about Christmas. It's a whole genre of its own. And I was wondering, Dan, Sue, to you, what makes a movie a Christmas movie? Uh, If Christmas plays a significant part in the plot of the film okay. in some way. So The I, Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie. I would allow it being a Christmas movie. Well, I mean, like, for instance, um, not to get ahead of ourselves. Be- because but, some people would call that an Easter movie because the Easter Bunny appears in one scene. Well, mm, you you asked like us. Critters too. <laughs> You asked us to think, not to get ahead of ourselves. I'm sure you'll well, get. Let's. I don't know. If, let's not get ahead of ourselves because okay. I, I have an introduction set up and everything. Okay. So. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to say Dan that- had a long, uh, a terrible definition. My definition is <sighs> it has Christmas or Xmas in the title. Okay. Now, what if it's called like Triple Xmas? <laughs> State of the Union, and it's about it just it's happens Christmas. to be set during it's Christmas. Gotta, but it's it's got to be about Christmas. It's a Christmas okay. movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if that's the case, tell me your quintessential Christmas movie. What's a movie where you're like, it's Christmas? I want to experience Christmas. Let me watch a Christmas movie. What's the Christmas movie you gravitate towards in your Christmassy lives? Uh, I mean, the thing. I mean, the true answer is not actually as Christmassy a movie as people say. It's it's a Wonderful well, Life. I know, I, well, which okay. ends with you know I guess it's New Year's actually but like the it's a I guess it's Christmas I don't know they sing all leg sign which confuses the whole thing because that's uh, so, but but it's well I know early just to peek but behind the curtain earlier today Dan was was uh, live texting us about watching Spawn so I assume that's a Christmas <laughs> that's movie returned to again and again Christmas film <laughs> no the but original that- Spawn starring was it Michael Jai White. And John uh, yes, yes, and Martin Sheen. Uh, Christmas Eve oh, is all right. get out. But no, um, <laughs> no, It's a Wonderful Life is a film that became a Christmas movie through falling at, into the public domain and being played by every outlet that could play it at Christmas. And I think it's a superior film to other Christmas films that are more Christmassy. So it's my Christmas pick, but I see Stuart's hand up, but I want to yes. say that probably just, if there's a quintessential Christmas classic that I would watch, it's more of a Miracle on 34th Street area, even though I like— A movie that's about Santa Claus. About Santa Claus, even though I like It's a Wonderful Life better. Stuart, okay, and go. Stuart— What's your what were you going to say to Dan? And also, what's your quintessential Christmas movie? Okay, so just one follow up question about Dan's uh, <laughs> Dan's choice is Al Simmons in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I, 
I don't know who that is. Dan, Dan does anyone? You, you just, just watched, watched the movie. Spawn. You just what, watched who? this. Not since he couldn't remember if Jackie Chan was in a film. Has who Dan is, been more ignorant is of a that movie the he real just name watched? Of Spawn. He's the titular Spawn. Spawn. Yeah. That's Spawn's uh, name. Al you do, oh, man. How much time is he referred to <laughs> as that? Like, he's not a faint. Like, it's not a faint. It's not Peter fucking Parker. It's not a famous. <laughs> You know, secret identity. It is to the, it is to the spawn heads out there. <laughs> yeah, Dan, yeah. Tell me, how many times in It's a Wonderful Life does John Leguizamo's head turn into a balloon? <laughs> Zero times. So I guess you're right. <laughs> On that scale, Spawn is a superior um, film. When, at one point, I mean, the thing is, if It's a Wonderful Life had been able to play out the way that it would have without Clarence the Angel intervening, George Bailey would have been dragged to hell just like Al Simmons is and would have had to make a deal mm-hmm. with Mal Bolgia. So and then he would movie. have shown back up with a fuckload of cool chains. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know it. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so I'm going to... I think my answer is... Uh, it goes against my original point, which was it has to have Christmas or Xmas in the title. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, I, I take literally no pride in, or joy in saying this. It's probably something like Love Actually. <laughs> okay, which is I've never seen it, but I know it's set during Christmas. I know it it's is. a movie that uh, cult, the culture took a real hard turn on at a certain point, and having it, never seen it, 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 I'm, it I don't know for exactly good why. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's one a, of those movies that that is terrible, but the terribleness is inseparable from what's wonderful about it as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. So kind of like uh, kind of like Masters of the Universe that way. Okay, okay. makes sense. Okay, so. Christmas, there's Christmas movies. It's just one genre of movies, or is it? Christmas is such an omnipresent piece of Western civilization as someone who is being assaulted by it constantly this time of year, a day out, day out, in, day out, that even the movies that are not Christmas movies often have scenes or aspects of them that involve Christmas, and that's why we're entering a little special episode of Minis. I'm calling this episode Yule Got Another Thing Coming, when we're going to be talking about (laughs) movies that aren't Christmas movies, or are they, because they have Christmas scenes. And of course, Yule Got Another Thing Coming, as the title would tell you, is brought to you by Celestial, the Rob Halford Christmas album. Rob Halford and his family and friends have come together to sing their favorite Christmas songs with a little bit of that Judas Priest spirit. It's also brought to you by Elf on a Shelf, the holiday decoration that brings you all the magic magical, whimsical fun of living under the watchful eye of the Gestapo. <laughs> Maybe Santa is going to round up your kids for being naughty and send them on a train somewhere. Elf on a shelf. Don't get one. It's creepy. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it because uh, you just shouldn't, uh, people don't like having a Legolas on their shelf? <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I mean, if the elf you're getting on your shelf is Legolas, he can help you take down a rampaging elephant. That's not the worst thing to have on your Oliphant, shelf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Timothy yeah, Oliphant. Timothy, Timothy <laughs> rampaging. It's rampaging, yeah. He's one, maybe he's uh, one of the crazies. Who knows? Yeah. And so here's how we're going to do this. This is not uh-huh. a game. There's no points. This yeah. is a debate episode. This Perfect. is a public. Uh, the Flophouse, like all, like all broadcasting, <gasps> has to have a certain amount of civic public affairs and and public service uh, information. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. what this is today. Or else we this wouldn't just, get public funding, you know? Exactly. This is a civil. That's right. And I should mention the Flophouse is brought to you by listeners like you, which is actually true. Uh, the We're going to have a civil debate today. I'm going to name some movies. You tell me how Christmassy you think they are on a scale of 10, meaning it's Christmas. Oh, no. Get the, Block up the chimney. Santa's breaking and entering. He's trying to steal our cookies. Yeah. On a scale from that to zero, meaning Jewish, not Christmas. Don't bother me mm-hmm. about it. Thank you. And so, uh, guys, you ready to talk about some movies that may or may not be Christmas movies? Let's uh, do it. Why not? 
Okay, so the first one, I think this is, this has the potential to be either an easy call or a controversial one. That's Gremlins. That's right, Gremlins yeah. from 1984, directed by Joe Dante. We all know Gremlins, or as I'm calling mm-hmm. it, Gremlings, uh, mm-hmm. because Gremlins, <laughs> it's not just a thing you watch, it's a thing you do. You Gremlin, you Gremel. Uh, it's a lifestyle choice. I always so get Gemmel. Yeah, it opens with a Christmas song. It's set on Christmas. It's about someone getting a Christmas present that goes horribly wrong, which is also kind of the plot of a Christmas story. Is Gremlins? You consider it a Christmas movie or a not Christmas movie? Where is it on the scale? Well, this is what I wanted to say earlier that you you you, you wisely cut me off of, which was you told us to think about movies that were not Christmas movies but were Christmas movies, and mm-hmm. I didn't even. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put Gremlins on my internal list because it is so apparently a Christmas movie. It is a movie mm-hmm. about a present that is received on Christmas. Uh, Gizmo uh, it's like wears Jane's a calling Santa you a hat. Fucking idiot. No, no, uh, I know, but that's the thing is, I, I don't see this movie on lists of Christmas movies often, and I would agree. There's the, a shit ton of Christmas. Yeah, in Yeah, the Gremlins <laughs> wear Santa caps. There's the big, uh, of course, Phoebe Cates speech about learning that there's no Santa Claus. Number, yeah. One of the number one horror movie monologues, only recently trumped this year by two amazing horror movie <laughs> monologues. And what were those? What were those monologues that finally defeat the Phoebe Cates? My dad died on Christmas in a chimney speech. The Rebecca Hall wild story one from Resurrection that mm-hmm. she tells her intern. That's a good one. <laughs> and then, and the uh, the the Pearl monologue as well by Mia Goth, who is the best. Yeah. So that's, I think there's also like, this is the movie where I first heard the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? Mm-hmm. Which is a, you know, a Christmas, a modern Christmas carol type song. So I would agree with you. Stuart, do you agree? Is, is Gremlins just an out and out Christmas movie? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Just like, uh, just, just like Gremlins 2 is uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, guess. Movie. I guess. I mean, Gremlins 2 is a different genre of movie, which is New York sequel movies. Don't worry, there might be one of those popping up later in the episode. Okay, so Gremlins, we set that aside. This one might be a little bit harder. This is Batman Returns from 1992, <sighs> also set during Christmas, a lot of Christmassy stuff. Uh, we get uh, Batman gets into the Christmas spirit by just shooting people from yeah. his car earlier in. He's just <laughs> shooting clowns. And he doesn't know which ones are evil clowns and which ones are just regular Christmas clowns. Is this a Christmas movie? Batman Returns. Ooh, this was a toughie. I, you know, I'm putting this on, you know, I'll put this around a six on the Christmas scale. There's a lot of Christmas iconography in it. Okay, so six, so a six would be it's Thanksgiving and they're already playing the Christmas music in the Green Reed. That's I mean, there's a is. there's a big plot point about lighting Gotham City's Christmas tree, uh, and mm-hmm. the Christmas tree lighting uh, gal uh, getting tossed off the roof. Horrifying. Uh, yeah, I, you know this is this is Christmassy enough, I would say. Okay, Christmassy enough. Stuart, I'm gonna how say do you feel I'm gonna it? say this is a seven, so slightly oh, more wow. Christmassy than Dan. Okay, uh, okay, slightly more. Christmassy. There's the. I mean, there's there's something about like all the scenes are you know all the outdoor scenes are snowy, including the flashbacks where Oswald Cobblepot gets chucked in the river, mm-hmm. and there's the sequence where Catwoman is running around the department store, which is a very Christmassy thing to me. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say slightly more Christmassy, but definitely a Christmassy movie. Okay, Christmassy movie. So it's not a Christmas. So this is not in the genre of Christmas movies, but in the genre of Christmassy movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I can see that. Okay, this one, 
here's a question I have for you. Okay, this is from 1995. So this is a few years, uh, three years after wow. Batman Returns. I was 15 years old, probably wearing pants way too big for me, probably wearing an Alice in Chains t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And Dan, what about you? Where were you in 1995? We all remember uh, where, we, where we were in 1995. I, well, 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 I would be a junior in high school. You know, I'm, I would be hanging out with people like Stuart who were wearing Alice in Chains shirts, but okay. I would be like the nerdy friend. What, would, what kind of shirt would you be wearing? Uh, like, it would be like a, a sweatshirt of Bart Simpson, you know, given like <laughs> okay. the peace Sick. sign. Now, is that is that a licensed shirt or is that the kind of <laughs> bootleg like shirt a, my dad would buy for me when he no, came to the city? No, I think that would be like sort of a first or second wave licensed piece of merchandise. Okay, so not the ones my dad would get me where the characters were all colored wrong. Yeah. And the kids at school would be like, that's not what Bart's shirt looks like. And I'd be like, it's on the shirt. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. But your your dad could be, if he had held on to those, he could sell those right now oh. for so much money. Man, we'd put them in a gallery. That's outsider art. Yeah, we had, my dad bought us so much uh, knockoff t-shirts, uh, Simpsons stuff, Ninja <laughs> Turtle stuff. And I remember the day, the day I call it the day the t-shirts went away when my dad came home from work and we said, did you get us any t-shirts? And he goes, all they have is homie the clown stuff. I'm not going to buy you that. And so, so I said, all right, uh, this, we, no, we won't have any novelty t-shirts featuring the in living color recurring character, homie the clown. <laughs> guess and that's it, And yeah, and it's. I don't wish I had that one, but I do. There are novelty shirts that I wish I had bought right after Obama was inaugurated. There were some amazing novelty shirts for sale on the streets of New York. One where Obama was Michael Jordan slam dunking a basketball with a Superman costume on, and oh, one where it was shit. the entire Obama family all as Jedi. And I so wish I had bought oh, that shirt. Oh man, fuck. It was, it was amazing. Okay, guys. Oh, so this movie, it's 1995. Let's get back to the topic mm -hmm. at hand. This isn't this isn't the mini where we talk yeah. about novelty t-shirts. So that's a great idea for a mini. Oh, that we did do that mini. I guess for regular <laughs> listeners, Dan did subject us to descriptions of enormous Johnson. <laughs> yeah, but we can wind that. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back to uh, this is 95. The movie is the movie is while you were sleeping, which starts oh, on Christmas wow. Day. The plot is kicked off because Sandra Bullock is the only token collector at the Chicago uh, L working on Christmas because she doesn't have a family. It doesn't. So is this a Christmassy movie or not? It's all about finding a family and love and stuff like that. What do you think? I, uh, I will give and it's this. Also about, and it's also about lying to people, which is what Christmas is all about. <laughs> lying to children. Yeah, it is. I'm going to, I'm going to give this a four on the Christmas scale. I'll tell you okay. why. Okay. Because so I've, a four is, so a four is, yeah, it's February, but I'll drink this eggnog. Yeah. I've definitely seen this movie within the last couple of years because it's uh, one of Audrey's sentimental favorites, and but even so, I didn't necessarily remember that it took place at Christmas specifically. I remembered it just as a winter movie with oh. snow around, and so yeah. it gets a four, but I don't, if there's no Christmas specifics in my mind, I don't think I can go higher than that. Is uh, is Bill Pullman in this one? Yes, yes, Bill Pullman is the is the romantic lead in the movie. Uh -huh. yeah. Is he playing the president who defeats the Independence Day aliens? <laughs> no, he's, no, he well, is. I think well, I don't know. I, wait, let's hold on. Let's think about it. The, the, the wife like in Independence Day is not Sandra Bullock, store or something? but it could be the same character. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he is a uh, he's he's the brother of Peter Gallagher. I know that. Uh, oh yeah. wow! Yeah. For once, Peter Gallagher's the, the Baxter Stewart. <laughs> oh wow, Peter! Ga wait. Peter Gallagher plays his brother. I guess the eyebrows are not an inherited feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's on the that's that's a recessive gene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so, so Stuart, does that affect your, does that affect your <laughs> yeah, rating? That? <laughs> kind of, because honestly, I've never seen it. So wow. I, I oh. know, I know. I feel like romantic comedies in general are a blank spot of mine that I've been working my way. I've been trying to fix uh, over so, the last couple of years. While you were sleeping, it's one of those movies that's like, it's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable good. movie. Yeah. It's, it does exactly what a romantic comedy is supposed to do and without any twists or turns, mm -hmm. except for the fact that she lies about being engaged to a man in a coma. But other yeah. than that, you know. The leads are likable. It's got a colorful supporting cast of character actors. You know, you've learned to love over the years, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, Boyle. That's what, do I, what do I have to Lance do to put Johns. you in while you were sleeping tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. How, how could I need you to sweeten the pot a little bit. I mean, if I, right, if I go what? home with just this information, I'm going to look like an asshole. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you some undercoating for that rom-com. Rom <laughs> oh, I'm going to... I'm going to take a moment. Uh, I had forgotten that Glennis Johns uh, was in the supporting cast. And uh, I just to mention, still alive at the age of 99, she is the oldest surviving Disney legend and also our last living link to classic star Hollywood now that Olivia de Havilland has gone to that great studio system that she's suing in the sky. <laughs> so, Glennis Johns, thank you for all the years of laughter and tears, I guess, <laughs> including while you were sleeping. I will say... Sleeping, not the most accurate depict description of a coma, uh, but you know that's they they can do that. It's whimsical. Okay, here's a, this. Before we go to a to a break, I'm going to bring up one last movie before we in the first half of this episode. Now, this is a movie Dan I know knows well. Stuart, I don't know if you've seen it. This is The Silent Partner, a movie which gets uh. a lot of mileage out of Christopher Christopher Plummer in a Santa Claus costume. So it is taking place around Christmas, but it is also a heist movie uh, with a lot of suspense in it and in one incredibly gruesome murder and a, some actually surprisingly very uh, thrilling sex scenes. So, Dan, uh, The Silent Partner, is this a Christmas movie to you? You know what? I'm going to also put this at a four because just like <laughs> this is the this is the lowest score I probably would give something – that has a Santa costume in it. But okay. remember, like, this is a movie that kind of gets its thrill out of how amoral it is and how even, like, our hero, you know, is amoral and we only like him because he is clever. You know, like, the, he's clever, he's, he saw an angle, and we want to see whether he can get away with it. Uh, so, he cares about his fish. He yeah. cares about his fish, too. Yeah, but I if if you're looking for say uh, on Earth peace, goodwill towards men, that's not <laughs> what you're going to get out of Silent Partner. No, yeah, there's no goodwill towards anybody in it. Uh, Stuart, have you ever seen the Silent Partner? I have not. Uh, I'm just waiting for you to pick some normal movies, <laughs> mm -hmm. like Christmas well, with the Cranks, <laughs> a so movie with Christmas cranks. in the is title. This a Christmas movie. Arthur bad, Christmas. Is badder, this a Christmas badder movie? Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's so silent Stuart, I would I think you'd like this movie. I think you should you should I seek mean it, it sounds out. good, yeah. Yeah. Uh so there's there's this <clears> it's <throat> it is it shows you Christopher Plummer yelling at someone through a mail slot in a door should not be as scary as it is in this movie. Uh <laughs> or I guess he's just talking to them through the mail slot. But before we get to some more Christmas-ish movies, let's take a brief break to talk about our sponsors. Dan, do we have some sponsors we should talk about on today's episode of The Flophouse entitled Yule Got Another Thing Coming? Brought to you really by these sponsors. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Squarespace. You're all in one 
platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, sell anything, your products, content you create, and even your time. You can sell it on an online store, what you're selling, whether you sell physical or digital products. Squarespace has tools to help you sell online. You can create pro-level videos effortlessly. The Squarespace Video, Video Studio app, pardon me, helps you make and share engaging videos to tell your story, grow your audience and drive sales, and you can display posts from your social profiles on your website, automatically push website content to your favorite social media channels so your followers can share it too. So why not head to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, everyone. I'm Anna McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we will be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's going to be a hoot on Maximum Fun. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Dr. Sydney McElroy. That, that is true. It's important in this context because we host a medical history podcast called Sawbones. Oh, I thought we were going to. We should have worked on that. Sawbones. Sawbones isn't afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Like, are vaccines as safe and reliable as they want us to believe? Yes. Do I have to get a flu shot? Yes. Uh, okay. Is science a miracle? No. We have a lot of great history for you and a lot of laughs. And sometimes the history is so bad that there's no laughs. But you'll learn something. You'll feel something. And it's always Sawbones. That's right. <laughs> Every week on MaximumFun.org. And we're back to this Flophouse Mini entitled Yule. Got another thing coming. For anyone who's just turning in, which I don't know how you can do turning? with a podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're going <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> Just turning in for me tonight. For for anyone who's just turning in and is tired and might fall, might have dozed off during the description earlier of what the episode is about. We're talking about whether movies with some Christmas elements are Christmas movies or not. And we're entering a mini segment in this larger segment. This is Uh called Dance of the Sequel Plum (laughs) Fairies. We're going to talk about some movie sequels that have some Christmas elements. Are they Christmas? Movies, Guys, we're staying in the 90s for the first part. This is a movie from 1992, or as many people call it, me included, uh, uh, one BJP, one before Jurassic (laughs) Park. Uh, Now, guys, this might be an easy call also. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. It takes place during Mm. Christmas. There's a big Christmas tree and stuff. The family's on a Christmas vacation or whatever. But is it really a Christmas movie when there's no – is there a Santa in it? I don't remember because I couldn't bear to – watch it again uh, yeah. as if I watched any yeah. of these movies for this episode you Is only just watch uh, you only just watch the Donald Trump cameo on <laughs> YouTube know, right I, yeah I just I just want to watch I just want to watch the, the footage to to imagine a time when I merely disliked the man and didn't consider him one of the worst people in the history of the world <laughs> uh, I mean I feel like you can't you can't spell Christmas without home alone so <laughs> but what about home alone 10? 2 lost in New York That's That's actually a good point. 
Uh, I'm going to say 10 out of 10 Christmas movie. Okay, so this it is It takes place during Christmas. Christmas. It's All of the uh, events occur because of Christmas. And I think I watched Home Alone 2 Lost in New York once when it was first on HBO after its first run years ago. Um, yeah. Dan I stayed up late at night. He saw that it, the movie contained, uh, what, nudity and sexual situations. <laughs> Adult situations, yeah. yeah. I had misread the thing. I waited for the whole movie. <laughs> Disappointed. He said, he said, ooh, Home Alone. Well, <laughs> well <home> alone. <laughs> with the cats away. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Lost in New York. That's a that's a real pit of sin. I wonder what might happen. Uh, no, I don't. I don't actually care for uh, original flavor Home Alone, <laughs> and I don't remember caring for <laughs> Home Alone Two anymore. And I don't remember anything about it. I did watch Spawn tonight. So if Home Alone Two <laughs> is anything like Spawn, I would say a it's Spawn, not. It's not a, a movie Christmas in which movie. a movie whose main character's name you have forgotten within an <laughs> yeah. hour of having I'll watched it, it. So I'll give it a two. <laughs> Okay, a two. Even that. Wait a minute. We're not rating wow. it on quality. Below the we're rating it on Christmas. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I will mention. Uh, this is something I learned while looking it up on Wikipedia. Home Alone Two is the last Home Alone movie to feature the cast of the first film. However, Devin Rattray reprised his role as Buzz, McCallister, Buzz McAllister in the sixth film of the franchise, Home Sweet Home Alone. Uh, I did not realize sweet. which Home, uh, Home Sweet Home Alone came out last year, twenty twenty one. I did. Not realize they were still making Home Alone movies, and, uh, and that and that actor was also in what Blue Ruin that year. <laughs> is that, was that the case? I think yeah. I think the actor who played Buzz was in fucking Blue Ruin, which is yeah. amazing. Well, that, that was met, back in 2013. That was back in 2013. <clears throat> okay, still, yeah. I mean, Blue Ruin is in some ways not that different from Home Alone. I could see Kevin McAllister going up to like, be the guy yeah. from Blue Ruin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it's not a Christmas movie. Any yeah, that's movie the thing. The, the like wet bandits killed his parents. Blue Ruin is <laughs> not a Christmas movie. This, so this is so so these so Stewart's law of Christmas movies. If it has Christmas or Xmas in the title, it's a Christmas movie. Dan's law of Christmas movies. If it's like Blue Ruin, it's not a Christmas movie. Which <laughs> yeah. fair Blue Ruin. I don't think anyone would make an argument that that's a Christmas movie. <laughs> So, okay, that's the first sequel in this segment, uh, Dance of the Sequel, Plum Fairies. The next sequel we'll be looking at as we're going up in numbers. That was Home Alone 2. We're looking mm -hmm. now at Iron Man 3. This is from 2013. Yes. The last of the Iron Man-specific movies. Uh, it's kind of a controversial one in among Marvel fans in that he stops being Iron Man for much of the movie. Uh, and and just a, gets into adventures. <laughs> just yeah, shenanigans. That, uh, it is, it is uh, as Shane Black as a climax can be, considering it is a white guy and a black guy with guns at shipping docks, shooting guys around piles place, of crates. And it takes place during Christmas. And yeah. it takes place during Christmas, Shane Black's favorite time of the year. So, guys, is this a Christmas movie, or is it just a movie with Christmas in it? Well, Stuart sort of predicted what I was about to say, which is, I, you know, normally I might give this, say, a six. There's a lot of Christmas uh, stuff in it, uh, mostly the form of... Uh, colorful Christmas lights either strung around like, I don't know, uh, a bar or a sad kid's house. But, but we never see Iron Man with Christmas lights on him, no, right? No, it's true. We really I should. I feel like that would have tipped That'd it over maybe even to 
into a cover, seven. Yeah. cover of a comic book or perhaps poster for Iron Man three, just covered yeah. in smothered in Christmas lights. But um, the but it being a Shane Black movie, and and, and, and the slogan would say, "This nice guy's a little naughty." <laughs> yep. Uh, it being a Shane Black movie though kicks it up to an eight on the Christmas scale for me because <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Shane wow. Black is Mister Christmas as far as I'm concerned. Let me see the ranks. Of, oh, actually, you know what? On the ranking scale, eight. Just means Shane Black movie. Yeah, so you got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's true. Last Boy Scout, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. How mm-hmm. many other ones have you seen? The nice guys. The Lethal Weapon. The first Lethal, yeah, lethal weapon. weapon. Yeah. Uh, so, Stuart, do you agree? Is Iron Man 3 purely by virtue of being a Shane Black movie a Christmas <laughs> movie? 100%, Elliot. Of course okay. I do. And it is the only film so far in the MCU, the Marvel Christmas universe. I get, I don't tell me about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That's clearly as labeled a holiday special, not a mm-hmm. Christmas movie. Unless yeah. I'm wrong, can you guys think of any other Christmas movies in the Marvel universe? Oh, Christmas! I mean, well, there's this Guardians special. You just said it. I, I, I just talked. Out. To, yep, yep. <laughs> I got it. <admit, laughs> I looked I'm glad, off into the distance. But I'm glad you're barely listening and... to the episode in your ears on a seven second <laughs> delay in case <laughs> yeah, I swore. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I live so much of my life. On a, I, I, you know, I just like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. you know, I just now processed what you said. The answer instead of no is yes. <laughs> and 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 don't and of course and of course. We all remember Black Passover, the Black Panther Passover movie. That's also uh-huh. not Christmas, obviously. It's a different yeah, holiday. Obviously, different religion. completely different. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, okay, that's Iron Man 3. Okay, guys, we're moving up one more step in sequel numbering. That's right. Mm-hmm. Rocky IV from 1985. Oh. This is, uh, of course, the greatest movie in the Rocky series because it is mm-hmm. mostly made of montages and it opens and- with. It, it opens with an American boxing glove and a Russian boxing glove hitting each other and exploding. <laughs> and it, it is and? the movie that posits. It's the movie that posits that only an American like Sylvester Sloan could truly capture the Russian peasant spirit in winning a battle against a Russian man. And it has a full scene that is just the, a performance of the song "Living in America" with a giant goat head behind it for some reason. <laughs> And what, what there's is, a robot in it. Also, there's a robot. You. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, oh I was God. getting worried How that would be fucking. This movie would last it. eight hours because <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing movie. Get on the thing that Stuart wanted to talk about. And <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think I think there's a lot of things I wanted to get in before I talked about the the robot that I'm sure Stuart I knew wanted that I could feel Stuart was getting to uh, the this, the robot that it's almost implied that. Polly has a romantic relationship <laughs> with. Uh, guys, is this a Christmas movie? There's a little, the the, the climactic fight uh-huh. between Rocky Balboa and Ivan Drago takes place on Christmas because you know those dastardly commies. They don't even believe in God. Wow. They don't care about even the even the most wonderful time of the year. Do is they know time it's for them Christmas? Work in factories and have boxing matches. <laughs> so, uh, which of course is also ridiculous since Russia is a deeply Christian country, <laughs> as seen by its current. Uh, orthodox embrace of uh, anti-LGBTQ uh, politics. Uh, so, guys, uh, is this a Christmas movie or not? Uh, I'm going to put it at a two. Again, oh, wow. okay. again, I remember that there's snow in it, uh, but I think that's because <laughs> they're in snow. Russia. Yeah, fair. So fair. I don't specifically think of anything Christmassy. I remember it being hilarious, but I got to admit, it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've seen Rocky Four. Oh, what a movie. I, Stuart, I do I have to mention, I forgot about this. I'm just thinking about it now. I think the director's cut they released last year cuts the robot out. I know. 
proving once again that directors don't always know what's best for their movies. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, now, and before we go move on, I want to apologize to anyone, any Christians out there who are not using their religious their religious beliefs as a subtext for discriminating against people who are not like them. Not all Christians are against uh, LGBTQ people and refuse to see the humanity in their neighbors. Merely many of the ones that live in Russia and in this United States and uh, Vladimir Putin in particular. So anyway, Rocky Four, not a Christmas movie Good you're save. saying. Uh, <laughs> I will I will agree with Dan. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like a two or three uh, although there's something about that robot that just makes me think of Christmas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you want your parents you to get that robot one. for Christmas. Yeah, that's, yeah that's the now, thing. is it the same robot that was on Saved by the Bell, or am I getting two similar-looking robots confused? Well, didn't Screech make the one from Saved by the Bell? You know, Screech supposedly made it. That robot was named Kevin, but clearly Dustin Diamond didn't really make that but robot. But, like, Screech That's... didn't make Polly's robot. That would be crazy. No, I mean, is the robot actor the, the same? Oh. Is the same? Is the same prop robot, you know? But Screech made that robot. <laughs> you make a good point. All right, never mind. I'll move on to the, to the next segment. Who am I going to— But that's the who, thing. Does, does Screech know Polly? <laughs> I have to assume that, wait a minute, so if Saved by the Bell and Rocky take place in the same universe, which I really want to believe right now, then yes, Screech knows Polly. Now, does, where does, now does, Rocky lives in Philadelphia, Screech Rocky, lives in, in California. If Rocky and Zach Morris got in a fight, could Zach Morris stop time and win the fight? I don't know if he could win the fight. He could stop time long enough to keep from being murdered immediately in the fight. But I think even stopping time would make it hard <laughs> for he, Mark Can Paul he Dossler, do that regularly or does he need a recharge period? That's what I want to know about the stopping this time. This is a very good question. Yeah, you always if it if he doesn't have at least you know uh, like a min, uh, like a like a minute or like ninety second uh, recharge period that power is op. Yeah. It is unfair. Mm -hmm. Now and here's another thing. So we've established that Polly and Screech know each other. So Rocky and Saved by the Bell in the same universe. I think his time stopping power proves he's related to the little girl from out of this world, which means yeah, that that series is alien, also in the yeah. same universe. Yeah, and of course that means that California Dreams is happening in the same universe as out of this world and rocky okay. guys the sad we've stuff, got it the, the tnbcu the, yeah. the, it's subtext they never say it expressly but you know it's true that whenever he stops time that amount of time is taken from the end of his life of course oh, yes well, that, yeah that, that like, makes sense it, the scales aging. must be balanced yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's he'll actually so so it, it, when when he and Kelly Kapowski are married and she's still they're in their middle age, mm -hmm. uh, he will of course seem like an old man. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's I mean actually you know what but I'm it thinking? was worth it for him to get to stop time, turn the camera, make a quip, and then order a shitload of pizzas <laughs> for mm -hmm. Mr. Belding to pay for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, it, I mean, it, but he can't order the pizzas when time is stopped. Unless the, he fucking unless the does it sometimes, dude. <laughs> pizza places in the same time bubble. Like he can put someone else, even who's not near, in the same chronal bubble. That he, and also, does his time stopping power affect the girl from out of this world? Or is she immune to it? Oh. Every time he stops time, does that age her also? So I, I was take time at, away from her life. I thought you were asking, does he stop time all across the the globe? Which is the real? I mean, like, because you know, the right? pizza thing would make sense if he could call, like, if it was was just like a localized time displacement. Localized, but. yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, now we're getting into, it's like a, like, what is it, the snap from the Marvel world uh, movies where like mm -hmm. people come back and they haven't aged a day and there's other people who have aged. Like that, Zach Morris is doing that. The people near him are staying younger than the people in Terrifying. the rest of the world. Yeah, wow, this is yeah, a frightening this is, power. This is, this is more power than a teen boy who is objectively a total douche <laughs> should have. Yeah. Yeah. 
Congress needs to it's do real, something. It's a real tales from the loop. So what do we do next? <laughs> so, so that was the end of that segment. We have one final segment oh. in this episode. This segment Ooh. is entitled... This title, this movie is entitled, segment is titled "Old Movies All Ye Faithful." This is when we talk about movies from the 1930s and 40s. So, uh, hopefully, you guys have seen these movies. I think you probably have. Sure. So, this is a movie that. So, th- a lot of the idea for this episode came because I remembered an article I once saw that just la- that listed the top ten Christmas movies that people don't think of as Christmas movies, and one of them was this movie, one of my favorites, "The Thin Man," a movie that does have a Christmas scene but also has a New Year's Eve scene. It doesn't mm-hmm. only take place at Christmas. And so, guys, The Thin Man, that sparkling comedy of wit, per- perhaps the greatest, I'm just going to want to say, perhaps the greatest mystery comedy film ever made uh, with the immortal pairing of William Powell and Myrna Loy. Is that a Christmas movie or is it just a movie that has a scene at Christmas? And I'll tell you, it is a very funny scene about yeah. the presents they bought for each other. No, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give it, this, I'm going to debut the decimal place. I'm going to give it a 6.5. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. uh, because I I agree. It, it really only has the one scene, but that scene is one of the most memorable scenes in The Thin Man. Has nothing to do with the mystery plot <laughs> yep, whatsoever. True. It is just uh, William Powell uh, slightly hungover on Christmas morning using his new little pop gun to <laughs> shoot <laughs> ornaments off the tree. Uh, which you know, uh, to to have to be that care- carefree. I mean, I it's so you know. charming. It's I mean, it's it's when when you're rich in the 30s, you can get away with whatever you want. Yeah, he yeah. also he shoots. This is how rich you know they are. Is that he shoots a hole in the window because he misses, and it mm. is never mentioned again. They never have to deal with getting that window replaced. It's just just taken care of. And but it is such a funny moment when he's shooting them off and Merloy is just watching him do it and he's trying to come up with ever increasingly difficult shots like he's <laughs> turned around looking through a mirror pointing it between his legs and he misses and hits the window and then he immediately lies down and pretends to be asleep <laughs> even though his wife is watching him do it the entire time. <laughs> Uh, oh. Stuart, what do you Guys, think of this? Guys, sounds, this sounds like a lot of fun. I've never seen The Thin Man. <laughs> oh, it's such a fun movie. It's a super fun movie. You should you should watch it. It's really great. Yeah, it's one of my yeah. I mean, I've only heard good things. <laughs> okay, now we're going to move on to another movie. That was a movie from the 30s. We're going to move mm. on to another movie. This is from the 40s. Here's one, another personal favorite of mine. I am going to go on record, although maybe I'll swap it with The Thin Man. I don't know, that this is my third favorite movie of all time, maybe my favorite comedy of all time, and that's the Miracle of Morgan's Creek from 1944. Oh. Again, a movie that it ends around Christmas time. And spoiler alert, the ending involves the birth of a miraculous child. So perhaps it is a Christmas movie in that way, although most of the movie before that is about uh, the, is about uh, how uh, Betty Hutton is pregnant and can't remember the name of the man or, uh, where, he, or where he is now or anything like that. Uh, and thinks they got married, but can't remember the name they got married under either because they used fake names. Guys, is this a Christmas movie just because it ends on Christmas and involves a miraculous birth? Put on a scale, and first my question, have you guys seen this movie? I have seen it. I think I saw it at one of your screenings that you used to do at 92 Y Tribeca. Um, And I'm going to give it a two because, again, I forgot that it was at Christmas. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Stuart, for my description, would you call it a Christmas movie, or have you seen it? I have never seen it. From your description, it does have Miracle in the title, which gives it at least one point. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the additional information you've given me puts it up to at least a three in my book. Okay, okay, there you go. okay that's fair. Miracle in Morgan's Creek. It's a Preston Sturgis movie. Oh, I think it's so funny. 
but I I'll, I don't know if I would call it a Christmas movie. Okay, and here's the final. This is the final movie of the episode okay. because I've pushed your patience and the patience of the audience long enough. Uh, this is a movie that I see on a lot of Christmas movie lists, but again, there's only one sequence set on Chris, in Chris, during Christmas, even though it includes a famous Christmas song. That's Meet Me in St. Louis uh, from mm. 1944. Beautiful movie. I love it. It's a, fa- it's a favorite in my household. Uh, with Judy Garland and Margaret O'Brien and Mary Astor playing a very different character than she played in the Maltese Falcon, that's for sure. Uh, is this a Christmas movie? This is the movie that introduced the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, but it also introduced the song The Trolley Song, <laughs> which is not a Christmas song. How about how the trolley goes clang, clang, clang? <laughs> yeah, and how, how the sounds the trolley makes and how that <laughs> relates to the human uh, nervous romantic system. Uh, you know what? I hear you, Elliot. I'm going to have to put this at at least a seven, though, because that is mm. an iconic Christmas song and also uh, as sung by Judy Garland in its uh, the original context uh, has the original lines of um, the until then we'll, ha- we'll have to muddle through somehow instead of hang a shining star upon the highest bough, which uh, always is deliciously bittersweet, especially knowing that this was a wartime uh, movie where they're like, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe next Christmas will be better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and for all those sentimental reasons, I give it at least a seven. Okay, and it shows you what a, it shows you what a big Christmas footprint, what a big footprint Christmas has, how, how huge it looms in the popular imagination that this is a movie that has scenes at Halloween and at World's Fairs. And yet you never see it on a list of best Halloween movies or best World's Fair movies. And if there is a list of best World's Fair movies, please I send it to like, me. Yeah, I would like to read it. I want to uh, see that list. Stuart, this, what do you is another, think? this is another movie I've never seen, but from your descriptions and the fact that there's a, a actor with the last name Garland, which is a thing that <laughs> I only associate <laughs> with Christmas, I will say this is definitely a six. Okay, mm. that's fair. I think that's very fair. I think we've settled a lot of debates tonight, and I think we've ignited a lot of debates tonight. Flophouse listeners, feel free to write in. Uh, go to our website. Was it, Dan? The FlophousePodcast.com? Uh, or just FlophousePodcast.com? I think FlophousePodcast.com. Go there and write in. Tell us if you agree, disagree, how mad we made you, how mad I made you when I said that stuff about uh, about Christians being uh, intolerant. Look. If it, if, it, if it wasn't so prominent, I wouldn't say something about it. I'm just looking out for people who, who, need, who, who don't have power, you know? Anyway, and tell us what are some movies you think of as Christmas movies, even though they might not be thought of that way by most people, and movies yeah. you think aren't Christmas movies, even though they might be thought that way by a lot of other people. Dan, did you have uh, – did they have a secret one you, want, you had prepared to drop on us? Yeah. Uh, says Stuart having none that he had prepared. I'm I have one prepared. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, good. I, I just I just watch funny pages, uh, which uh, oh. it, it takes place right around Christmas, and mm-hmm. is uh, even though I feel like all the actors are Jewish, but maybe not. But I don't know. And uh, it was it it definitely is a Christmassy movie in a way, and it's great, great. And I will mention. Um, first off, about a, about a boy, uh, mm-hmm. directed by friend Chris Weitz. Uh, the end of it has to do with a Christmas concert. Uh, and uh, Better Off Dead has uh, a lot of Christmas content. Nice. Yeah. You know what? I would one. consider Christmas. Better Off Dead very, very much a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. And, I didn't even, and I don't even think about it very much in that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we very did Very good it. calls. Very good calls. Stuart, we thanks for gang. mentioning that. I did ask you guys to think of 
movies that would fit the category and then decided to write up a version of the episode that did not really involve you telling mm-hmm. me what those movies were. So, yeah. so Stuart, I'm you glad know what? you corrected that. It only confused me for a moment. So. <laughs> Look, it, it, some people wait a, wait a lifetime for a moment like that where you're mm-hmm. confused. Uh, guys, thank you so much for this journey down Christmas's past. Uh, for those of us who are listening, we have another Christmas episode coming up. Uh, and then... We're not going to talk about Christmas for another year, and I couldn't be happier with that because <laughs> we're recording this before Christmas, and I'm already tired of hearing about Christmas. Until then, though, everybody, maybe maybe by next Christmas, uh, we'll, we'll – uh, what's the line from uh, Mimi St. Louis, Dan? Uh, until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. We'll just muddle through the other 364 days of the yeah. year until we get back to that Christmas – Thanks for joining us. We are, of course, a uh, production of the Maximum Fun Network. Thank you so much for listening, and please check out some of the other great shows on that network. Maximum Fun, it relies on you, the listener, to support us, and we really appreciate it. I want to thank our editor and producer, Alex Smith, who will hopefully chop out maybe the part where I offend a bunch of people, but maybe not. I don't know, Alex. Nope. Do we live dangerously these days? <laughs> I think so. And I want to thank, most of all, my co-hosts and you, the listeners again for listening to us. And now, until next week, I'm going to leave you with the sounds of the season, this latest hit from Celestial by Rob Halford. Uh, Alex, I don't know if we I don't know if we have the rights to that, but maybe we could just do like a, a needle drop and you just play a little bit of a song from Celestial, the Rob Halford album. I don't know. I don't want to get sued or anything, but if Rob yeah, Halford sued really me, like- I would ask him to sign the papers because I'm such a big fan of his. He's just the best. Yeah, he's the metal god. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported